God is good to us. Amen. If you have your Bibles, Luke chapter 22, and I'm going to begin with verse number 31 from Luke chapter 22, and thankful for the blessings of the Lord and his safety, I say, along with my wife, those yesterday who was caught in the eye of the storm, um, I had just came out from work day, got in my truck, and uh, I'm just putting my truck in drive, and my phone was ringing, and I'm moving forward and reaching for my phone, and Dylan on the other end said, Dad, high winds just came and split a tree in our backyard, and they fell on power lines, and we lost power. And I said, high winds. He said, over 50 miles an hour. And I looked up. And I know you can't see wind, but I saw the wind. (laughs) It looked like a wall of water that was coming toward us. And I turned my truck eastward. And uh, it felt like it was pushing me across the parking lot. And uh, the trees were bending. And just as soon as, I guess, it's... A couple of minutes passed. I pulled out and started through town and saw all of the devastation. By the time I got home, I had realized that it was much, much worse than anticipated. And then my phone started ringing with people calling and checking. And in the middle of all of it, the new building, I think we had a couple condensing units that fell over. And uh, it appeared no real damage, to anything to speak of. And uh, everyone was safe. I know Sister Shauna lost a back window in her car at Walmart. And Sister Nina slipped and fell running for her life at Walmart. And uh, so there was a few a few that uh, were near misses. Amen. Luke chapter 22, and I'm going to begin with verse number 31. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you that he might sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee, that thy faith fail not. And when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. And he said unto him, Lord, I am ready to go with thee, both into prison and to death. And he said, I tell thee, Peter, the cock shall not crow this day, before thou shalt thrice deny that thou knowest me. By the help of the Lord today, I I want to preach to you what I feel the Lord has laid on my heart for this moment. This is a familiar passage of Scripture. But I want you to know today that while God has a plan for every life, Satan also has a plan. And his key plan is to prevent the plan of God from unfolding in your life. This morning, by the help of the Lord, we're going to find the courage to take a step of faith and trust the Lord. I'm going to preach this morning Satan's desire. God, we pray right now over this congregation, over every heart and every life. I pray now as your word goes forth today, I pray, God, that your spirit would speak to hearts and lives, that every person in this room would be touched by the power of the Holy Ghost. I thank you today, Lord, and I honor you. And I adore you in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Oh, before you're seated, why don't you join with me and sing, Great is 
Thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. And all I have needed, thy hands hath provided. And great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. Come on, sing it with me now. Oh, great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. And all I have need. Thy hands have provided, and great is Thy faithfulness, great is Thy faithfulness, great is Thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. Come on, if God's been faithful to you, you ought to praise His name this morning. Yes. God, you've been good. 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 Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. God bless you. You can be seated today. Satan's main desire is to put a Stop to God's plan for your life. I think that sometimes Satan gets blamed for some things that he's not responsible for. And I think there are times that God gets blamed for some things that he's not responsible for. But I do believe that there's most of what happens in our lives that are sent to destroy us and affect us in a negative way, are sent by Satan with a plan to destroy God's divine purpose in your life. If you can imagine that God's purpose and plan is to create a perfect relationship with you, the same relationship that he had with Adam in the garden when he walked with man in the garden in the cool of the evening and they spoke and talked one to another. That is the relationship that God wants with every person in this room today. God desires to have a perfect relationship with you, but Satan's plan is to destroy your relationship with God. Therefore, He sends things into your life 
Sometimes we don't understand the things that we deal with. God allows them for the trying of our faith, but many things that are sent into your life are designed by Satan himself to have a negative impact in your life. Do you know that God will, that Satan will bring people into your life for the purpose of hindering you? There are things that will come in the form of your life that at first you may count as a blessing, but is a tactic of Satan to hinder you. I, I, I am not sure how to adequately express what I'm saying today, but with every good thing, you know, uh, I had biscuits and gravy yesterday morning with the guys for breakfast, and it was good. I had a half order. It was real good. But if I would have had a couple orders, there is such a thing as too much of a good thing. So what can be a blessing in your life if you don't watch very closely and carefully, it can become a distraction in your life. Satan will attach himself to some of the good things that happens in your life and try to spiral them out of control to destroy your life. He'll do it on your job. He'll do it with the blessings that come in the form of overtime. When it's sent and brought and a blessing of the Lord for you to be able to earn some extra income and bless your family and bless the kingdom of God. But we have to be careful or it can begin to rule and become a distraction to God's plan and His purpose in our life. That's why we have to walk in balance and keep things in order in our life because some good things, too much of a good thing can become a bad thing. So we've got to be very careful how that we deal with even the good things in our life and keep them in check and know that while God can provide some great blessings to us, don't allow Satan to attach himself to something that God brought into our life to bless us and it become a curse in our life. It blesses your bank account and curses your family. It, it blesses you emotionally, but destroys you spiritually. It's how Satan works. He will attach to something that God brings into your life as a blessing and will try to destroy it. I have a word for every person in this room today to tell you that there's not one, no matter how young or no matter how old or what status in life you are, I come today to remind you that Satan desires to destroy your relationship with God. Whatever he needs to do, if it's to attack your family, to attack your finances, to attack your health, Satan will attach to everything in your life that you will allow him to attach to. And he will try to use it to destroy your faith in God. 
Every person under the sound of my voice needs to hear this morning that Satan desires to have you. He wants your attention. Musicians, teachers, preachers, pastors, elders, faithful saints of God are not exempt when it comes to the attack of Satan. Elders have been in the church for a long time. It's not going to exempt you. People say, well, I thought we would grow out of this. You don't ever grow out of the attack of Satan. As a matter of fact, the closer you get to fulfilling God's plan and purpose in your life, the harder Satan will fight you. Every husband and wife has to stay on guard. Satan desires to have you. Every person that struggles with issues in your life, Satan will attach himself to the issues, your struggles, your weaknesses, will attach himself to those areas and look for every point to try to destroy you. When he catches you at a low point and you feel like giving up, anybody ever get there? When you feel like giving up, you feel like quitting, you feel like stopping, I want you to understand today, Satan will attach in those moments to every problem in your life and try to destroy you. That's how he works. Your adversary is the devil. Look at your neighbor and tell him you have an adversary. The adversary is not your neighbor. It's not your spouse. Your adversary is not the person that you thought that said something about you or did something wrong. Your adversary is the devil. The person that, the the one that is against you the greatest is not somebody that you may be able to put a name on. I'm going to tell you who it is today. Your adversary is the devil. And he desires to have you that he might sift you as wheat. Peter, the great fisherman and spokesperson on the day of Pentecost, was a man that was desired by the enemy. Why was Peter the target for attack by the enemy? Peter, of course, was one of the three closest to Jesus. It was Peter who received the keys to the kingdom. It was Peter that stood up for Christ and cut off the ear of the soldier. He was a man of faith that got out of the boat and walked on water. Miracles were done by the mere passing of his shadow. It was Peter who said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. He was a man that knew what it was to be used of God. It was Peter who preached the gospel message on the day of Pentecost. But I want you to understand that Peter was greatly desired by the enemy. So much so that Jesus looked at him and said, Peter, say Satan desires to have you. The, I, matter of fact, I believe the higher, the, the greater your anointing and the more useful you are in the kingdom of God, the greater the enemy is going to fight you. About four of you believe that this morning. But I'm going to preach it anyway. The, 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 the closer you get to God, the greater the battle. 
The more you get in tune with God, the greater the battle. The more you pray, the more the devil's going to fight you. The more you fast, the more the devil's going to fight you. Somebody said, well, I may as well give up and quit then and just stop. So the devil will stop fighting. No, when you stop fighting, he's already got you. So you got to stand up. The Bible said resist the devil and he will flee from you. But it doesn't mean that he won't come back and attack you again and come after you again. you got to stand strong. Be bold in the Lord. Be strong in your faith and declare I will overcome in the name of the Lord. When Jesus spoke to Peter about Satan desiring to have him, He said, Satan desires to have you, that he might sift you. That he might sift you as wheat. Now, a wheat sifter, of course, would be something quite different than the sifter that I've seen or known of. I remember my mom used to have a little flour sifter. It was just about two cups in size, and she'd put flour in it, and if she was baking a cake and didn't want to have a flour lump in it, she would, she would pull a little handle and it would spin some things on the inside of that cup and it would cause that flour to trickle out very fine and, and it would, she would be able to, to, to just to, to sift through that flour. And at the end, uh, there may be some, 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 some lumps in the flour that would not be usable and she would discard it she would cast it aside this is the explanation that Jesus spoke to Peter about he said Peter Satan desires to have you that he might sift you as wheat in other words he will take all the good that is in your life And he will get everything that is good out of you. And after that he has successfully taken everything that is good out of your life, he will then discard everything else. Can I tell you, Satan is not interested in blessing your future. He's only interested in getting the talents and the good out of you now. And when he's done with you, he'll throw you out with the rest of the addicts. He'll throw you out with the rest that have no hope. He'll throw you out with the rest. All he wants out of you is to get your best years. He wants to get your best days. He wants to get your blessed times. He wants to get the best days of your health. He wants to take the best part of you. That's all Satan's wanting from you. He wants to steal your best worship. He wants you to he'll let you have what's left over but he wants to take your best worship your best praise your best offering your best gift, your best days, your best years He wants you to waste all of your best years Someday I'm going to live for God. Someday I'm going to walk with the Lord. You ought to walk with Him today while you've got some good days left. Don't wait. It's all right. I believe in deathbed repentance when it happens real and pure. But don't wait until you're on your deathbed to decide I'm going to serve the Lord. Satan is desiring to have you that he might sift you as wheat. He wants to rob you of your best gifts. He wants to strip you of your 
your best talents. He wants you to lose your anointing. He wants you to lose your days of passion. He wants to steal your passion for the lost. He wants to, he desires to take the best from you and then leave what's only discardable. He wants the best. Then when you're crippled and maimed and weak and weary and have lost it all and lost family and lost friends and lost your ability to lead, then He discards you. Well, I remember back when I was trying to live for God. It was just a struggle. Of course it is a struggle. I ought to get a stronger amen than that. It is a struggle because Satan's fighting you. And when he stops fighting you, he's, he's already got what he wanted out of you. In Acts the 12th chapter, the Bible said that King Agrippa sought to arrest certain of the church. Everybody say certain of the church. It's Acts chapter 12. You can read it when you get home. He sought to lay hands on. He wanted to arrest certain. The King James Version uses, uses that word certain. Everybody say certain. Certain of the church. Not just anybody. Certain. Mm. Look at your neighbor and ask him, is that talking about you? Not just anybody, but certain. There's certain people. Mm -hmm. there's certain people that the enemy really wants to target because he knows you're highly anointed because he knows you're highly usable in the kingdom of God he knows that you could be a great blessing in the kingdom of God you are targeted that's right. Oh, it's difficult. Yes, it is. But to whom much is given, much is required. If you feel like, well, I feel the anointing of God in the room today. I'm trying to call some people out uh, back into the battle. I'm trying to call some people back into the battle today. I wish God would give some folks some courage this morning to stand up and say, I'm tired of being passive and giving in to the devil. I want to stand strong in my faith. Stand strong in the Lord. I want to fight. I'm going to get back on the battlefield. I want to get back in the work of God. I want to get back useful in the ministry. I want to get back useful in the church. I want to get back useful leading people to God it was certain everybody shout certain certain of the church certain people you know how it is there's certain people just always attack there's certain people just everywhere they turn it's just every they, they turn to the left they're under attack they turn to the right it seems like everything they do there certain people just always under attack that's because they're certain Peter and John were targeted for, by attack in Acts chapter 12. They were arrested and thrown in jail. Why? Because they were the ones making a difference. At that point, Judas wasn't the one that was targeted. That's right. He had already given up. 
See, he had already, Satan had already gotten what he wanted out of him. Now we moved on in the book of Acts. And it was certain it was the ones that was making a difference in the early church. It's, it's not the fringe people that are under attack. It's the one that's determined that I'm going to change my world. It's the one determined I'm not going to stand passively by and let my family be lost. I'm not going to just drift through the church and let everybody else carry the load. I'm going to get under the load of the church. I'm, I'm talking about certain people that said, I'm going to make a difference. I'm going to do something. I'm going to, you are under the attack of the enemy. That load you're carrying this morning may be the attack of the enemy. That thing that's attacking you every time you turn around is the enemy because you are certain of the church. I want to encourage you today to tell you, oh, no, pastor, you don't know where I'm at spiritually. Oh, it doesn't matter. I, I do understand where some of you that I'm preaching to today are spiritually because I see it in your countenance and I see it in your life. I see it in, in the lack of worship. I see it in the lack of leadership when God has granted you with the ability. But the deal is is you are certain of the church and the enemy has begun to attack you and you have allowed him access to places that you used to only allow God access and you have allowed the enemy to come in and begin to fight against you and you have said yes to the enemy. You've handed over everything. You handed over your, your bank account. You handed over your schedule. You handed over your family prayer. You handed over your prayer life. You handed over. You just gave it over little at a time. You are certain of the church and the enemy has been attacking you and fighting you long enough. Come on child of God. Get back up. Pull your boots back on. Straighten up your collar and get back in the battle. Pick up your sword and go back to the battlefield. Peter and John were attacking Acts 12 because they were making a difference. I've shared this story many times, but our friends... Brent and Datha Brosom went to Chicagoland area to start and establish a church. They get there. Brother Brosom was attacked with not just one kind of lymphoma, but both Hodgkin's and non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. The doctors gave him a 5% chance of survival. That's not very high. About that time, something happened to his wife. And she began to have seizures that caused her to have to have a major brain surgery. Certain of the church. They went to Naperville, Joliet, with nothing but family and faith. And they started establishing and building a church. And God began to bless them. And the enemy began to attack them. And through over a year plus of chemotherapy, every Sunday, Brother Brosom pulled himself up. And during the entire tenure of treatment, 
Never one Sunday did he ever miss church. He got up and went back to the house of God. He went in on days he didn't feel like going in. He went on on days that he felt like giving up. He had opportunities to leave and go back to set settings and situations that would have been much easier. But he said, God has called me to this place and I've got to stay in the battlefield. I talked to him the other day, some 10 or 12 years afterward. And of course, he is absolutely 100% cancer free. And she, her surgery worked perfectly and she has no side effects from the surgery. I talked to him the other day. He said, we're having 200, right at 200. Every Sunday, right at 200. He had to go through some things. And he had opportunity to give up. But when Satan came to vex certain of the church, certain of the church had to stand bold and firm in their faith and say, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. You want to have revival? You got to go after it, even through attacks from the enemy. You've got to to stand bold through the worst of circumstances. Would somebody stop for a moment and just give God praise in the house because he's going to see you through? Come on, everybody, lift up your hands toward heaven and cry out to the Lord. I know you've let the battle get the best of you, but all you got to do is get back up. For we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous, and he is the propitiation for our sin. Get back up today. Get back up today. Get back in the battle. Get back on the battlefield. Sure, the enemy's going to fight you, but greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Sure, you're going to be criticized. Sure, you're going to be scoffed at. Sure, you're going to face hurts, but you got to stay in the church. You got to keep living godly. You got to keep living holy. You got to keep worshiping. You got to stay the course and fight the good fight of faith. They were certain of the church. They were making a difference. And they were called for a purpose. I'm going to tell you that God has a purpose for every person in this room. I know this may not be a typical Sunday morning message. But I'm preaching to some this morning that God is trying to call some of you back into your purpose. (laughs) I feel the Holy Ghost today. God's trying to call some of you back into your purpose. Mm-hmm. You've, let, you've let the distraction of the enemy call you off the purpose. You've let relationships in your life discourage you and pull you off of your purpose. You need to get back on your purpose. And you need to get back in the church on purpose. There is a plan specifically designed to destroy you. But God has a plan specifically designed for your life. You just got to get back in the will of God. Back in the plan of God. Nobody else can do it for you. Nobody else. You can blame it on whatever you want to blame it on. But nobody can do it except you. And nobody can get you back in right relationship with God but you. And the enemy attacked them because they were strongholds in the church. 
This is a new church. You've got to understand, the Lord had just sent them out. They were just establishing churches. The church wasn't very old. They're just getting started. They're just getting things off the ground. Of course, if the enemy can, can distract and, and affect certain of the church. I know there, there are general ministries that God has called every member of the church to. We're all called to be saints. I believe we're all called to be prayer warriors. I believe we all are called to be a witness. There's many things. So there are some general calls that is in every life. But God has some specific calls on some lives that are in this room today. And you may have even noticed a time or two what that call was really all about. But you allowed somebody to distract you. You allowed something to distract you. But I'm going to tell you today that God called you because you can do what nobody else can do. He, he, he knew you were a stronghold against the enemy. Do you think the enemy is going to attack those who are weak? He's going to attack the strongholds. For if the strong man can be bound... Then the house will fall. They were strongholds of the church. Apostles to the church. The future of the early church rested upon them. The destruction of Peter and John meant a huge hole in the church. I was talking to somebody the other day. and They were asking me about someone. I said, it's a huge hole in the church. What a loss. Someone texted me the other day, said, talking about a minister preached, preached in this pulpit at one time. Said, I think he's lost his ever-loving mind. That was his words. He's in national news now, and he's coming out against basic Christian faith. And they said, I think he's lost his ever-loving mind. I said, whatever that means, he's lost it. He allowed the attack of the enemy to take his golden talents, his amazing oratory, an incredible grip on specific scriptures, and to twist something that was so God-given and useful to the kingdom of God. To now use it to the destruction of the church. Because he allowed a hurt somewhere in his past. Somebody said, what do you think happened? I can tell you what happened. There was a hurt somewhere that got in his spirit. And it brought bitterness into his spirit. And he didn't get it out. Because bitterness will, oh, I feel the help of the Lord this morning. Bitterness will destroy you. And will, and will destroy your, your, your usefulness. It will destroy your ministry. It will destroy your purpose. Bitterness will destroy you. You can't afford bitterness. you got to get bitterness out of you. Bitterness will be used as, the, as a tool of the enemy to destroy you. And completely snuff you out. 
I got to approach a close this morning. But in Acts chapter 12, the Bible said that King Agrippa, the king, at that time King Agrippa stretched forth his hand to vex. Everybody say vex. Certain of the church. You know what the word vex means? Well, you know what it means when the scripture said to stretch forth, to stretch forth his hands and lay hold on. It was talking about arresting them. I mean, there's all out arrest. He wanted to take them hostage. That's what, the, that's what the devil wants to do with you. He wants to detain you. He wants to arrest you. He wants to capture your attention. He wants to interrupt your purpose. He wants to suspend your actions. He wants to sidetrack you. And then he said he wanted to vex. You know what that word vex means? You ever been vexed? It means to harass. To harass. Last couple months out at the building project, I don't think anybody intended for it to happen. I think Brother Jeremy might have been the one that started it. But every time somebody says something went wrong, he said, why not? Why not? And that's kind of become the saying out there. Every time something goes wrong, well, so-and-so went wrong, why not? We're building the kingdom of God. We're building a building. We're building the house of the Lord. Why is the devil not going to fight? But if God truly controls the winds and the rains, I think he spoke clearly and loudly to us yesterday when he said, I'll just move it over about 400 feet. I'll just move that over and I'll let that pass right by to let you know I'm still in charge. I'll let a condensing unit fall over to let you know that could have been the whole building, but I'll just let's steer that just a little bit northward. Oh, pastor, you've lost your mind. No, if you don't believe he's in control of the wind and of the rain and of the storms, then you maybe need to reconsider your, your belief system. But I come today to tell you the enemy wants to vex you. He wants to harass you. But you need to get a why not in your spirit. It's just another little attack. We're going to finish this thing. It's another little attack. I'm going to keep living for God. It's another little attack. I'm going to just keep doing what I'm I'm doing. I'm not going to be intimidated. I'm not going to be cast down. I'm not going to be destroyed. Stand with me this morning. The devil wants you to think you can't. He wants you to believe that he's in charge, but he's not. He's come to vex you. He's come to try to intimidate you, but you've got to be bold in your faith. And stand and declare by the name of the Lord, I will not be defeated. He wants to tie your hands of worship. The battle has always been about worship. Because he knows that when you begin to worship, you will break forth. And you will break through. And the chains, the anointing breaks the yoke. The anointing of God will break every yoke and everything that is holding you. I know I've preached to several in the room this morning. Some of you, I could come tap you on the shoulder today. Because the Lord has spoken clearly in this room this morning. And I open these altars today. Some of you need to step out from where you are with your hands of surrender lifted toward heaven. And you need to make your way down to the front of this room. And you need to declare in the name 
name of the Lord. I am back in the battle. I'm back in the fight. I am not going to take this laying down. I'm not going to be destroyed. But what the devil is throwing at me, I'll be up again. I'll be back in the fight again. I'm not going to let him win. I'm coming back. I know he's after me, but I'm going to keep on fighting the good fight of faith. Come on, somebody declare, get behind me, Satan. I will not be defeated. I will not be defeated. Yes. Yes. Oh yes. Oh yes. Who could ever stop us? Come on, don't let that distraction get the best of you. Don't let that distraction stop you. Ah yes. Come on, take a few minutes and give God praise from the depth of your heart this morning. Come on, magnify the Lord today. Come on, declare to the enemy, I'm ready to fight the good fight of faith.